Hello, everybody. This is Maria Pessin, founder of For Women Over 50. I'm excited today because we have someone very special on our podcast. Her name is Carol Holmes, and she wrote a book, Loving You Over 50, which is something I think we all could use in our life, a book that teaches us to love ourselves and take care of ourselves. So Carol, thanks for coming on our show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, my name is Carol Holmes. I'm a resident of York, Pennsylvania, and I'm a federal employee, and I help employees with their careers, let's just say. But in my spare time, I love to write. And I am an over 50 woman and midlife, empty nester, and I thought because I've been in training, you know, for so many years and helping others, why don't I help those as well, like yourself, you know, and write something on embracing love, self-love over 50. So that's kind of how I got here. So tell us a little bit about your book. Well, this book actually came about after I decided to take a solo trip. Um, I've always traveled. I love to travel. And I've done some solo trips in the past. Uh, my husband and I, we travel frequently. But this time, I just felt something different about doing this trip. So I booked a cruise. And my husband, he's always very supportive of whatever I do, whatever I decide to work on. He was like, have at it. Enjoy. Have a good time. <laughs> just Wonderful. be safe. I was like, okay, that's all I needed. You know, so um, I took a cruise. It was a short one. It was well, it was only five days, but I wanted to stay, you know, kind of close to home. So I only booked it for NASA and Mexico. Well, I tell you, I had a ball and I'm not new to cruising, not at all, but I had such a wonderful time. And I think what shocked me so much was that a lot of the folks on there, especially women, were like, you're here by yourself. I'm like, yeah. They're like, are you really? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh my goodness, I need to do that. And, and that kind of took me aback because I was like, what do you mean you need to do that? And they were like, I've never been anywhere by myself. I always have my husband with me or my children. I was like, well, do it. You know, Nike says, just do it, just do it. And they were like, I am. I'm going to do that. <laughs> so um, I, I went back to my room. Is it me? Is this not a thing? You know, and I, I, I just, it was just a time for reflection for me. I you know, as to how many women, yeah, were on the trip and had never traveled solo by themselves. So that's, yeah. So the book is all about um, loving yourself and, you know, I talk about my cruise and changing habits and just being the best you that you can be over 50, because that's, you know, that's the midpoint. Um, and I won't necessarily say that's the midpoint in terms of numbers, because women, we are living longer. And, you know, sometimes that midpoint may be shorter for others. So um, that that's basically how my book came about. So, um, I myself took my first solo trip when I was 21, I think. 
And I went down to, um, we used to go to these places. What were they called? Can't remember. They were these like camps in islands. Mm. Go to this resort and a lot of single people would go and couples would go and groups would go. But it was, um, it was a club. It was called club something. I can't, I'm drawing a blank, but, um, I went down to an island all by myself and I was a shy person. So I was pretty amazed that I did it, but I did it and went by myself and had a blast. There's nothing like going by yourself. Nobody right. tell you what to do. You don't have to compromise. You do exactly what you want, when you want. If you have energy to go running around, you could do that. And if you don't, you could just relax and sit around or do both. So right. I'm with you. I think solo trips are really great. I think trips with family and friends are also great. But I do advocate for traveling by yourself and doing things by yourself. Last time I went by myself, it was actually part business trip and part um, holiday. I went to Italy. Okay. For, and um, I went by myself and I was in Rome and I traveled and sightseed by myself. And at the time I had a very bad knee, so I could barely walk. And I still did it according to my speed and what I could do. So it was a wonderful trip. So I get what you're saying. So tell me some of the tips um, in your book. Well, it's only seven. This is a very small book. It's only 10,000 words. But some of the tips are, first of all, what is self-love and self-care? I don't think we really pay attention to that as women. And that's because we're so busy taking care of others. We don't take the bubble bath that we intended to take, but we're so busy making lunches for the husband or making sure the kids are in camp or going to school or have their projects done that we forget about those small things. So I emphasize that in the book, take the bubble bath. Your kid's going to be fine. They're not going to stall within the next 40 minutes <laughs> that you enjoy your bath. Take the bubble bath, take the time to do that. The other thing um, I talk about in the book is called self-sabotaging, which is actually killing your vibe. You, you, We have a tendency sometimes to talk ourselves out of things. Mm -hmm. And it's because we've, we have that self-doubt. And because we're nurturers by nature, we figure every reason in the world not to do something. So that's also in the book. And I talk about um, accepting our flaws. No, we don't know, know it all. Having kindness, be kind to yourself always. I say that a lot on Facebook. Um, I'm in quite a few over 50 groups, solo, menopause groups, so forth. And I always tell the attendees in there, the folks in there, be kind to yourself, you know, not just others, but be kind to you. It's hard to be kind to others if you're not kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and then I go on to talk about recognizing patterns, changing habits, and taking time to make yourself feel good. And the other thing I discuss is self-positiveness. It's hard being positive, especially in the world we live in now mm -hmm. with so much negativity. And my history, my background, my career background actually is in medicine. And I was an emergency medical technician for Baltimore, 
I worked in an emergency trauma center for several years. And that doesn't always show you the good side of life. And because of that, I developed PTSD. So I had to figure out ways to spin things in a positive manner. So self-positiveness is one of the chapters that I have in the book. And then the other book is self-talk. Talk to yourself. Who can have a better conversation with you than you? At least that's the way I look at it. And my husband, he's always like, why are you talking to yourself? I say, because I like my answers. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you don't do negative self-talk. You're really good about talking in a positive manner to yourself. Yes, yes, I am. I am. And I teach that in my classes to my employees. And not only do I help self, you know, help those in self-development or professional development, I try to give them lessons and training in areas that help them in their personal lives as well. So a lot of it is carryover and overlapping because how many times have we in our careers, things in our careers have affected us that have has transformed into our personal lives as well as vice versa. Our personal lives have carried over to our, um, our career. So I talk about that. I talk about self-trust and exactly what that means. Um, trusting in ourselves and believing in ourselves, taking responsibility for our own lives. Sometimes we have a tendency to um, want to place blame on others, but half the battle is acknowledging where we can do better and where we went wrong. So trusting ourselves. I think when you don't take responsibility for things that happen in your life, you can't make changes. That's you have true. To own things, you have to be responsible, and right. then you can develop the discipline that helps you to overcome and to be a better version of yourself. I agree. I agree. That's a good point because I do bring that up. Um, it's your life, you know. No one else's. And yes, there are many people who have been dealt a bad, you know, hand of cards or, or you know, that their life has not always gone the way they want it. But also we have to be accountable for our own actions and the decisions that we make or have made in the past. So I talk about that. I don't always talk about all the good, wonderful stuff in here. I also talk about acknowledging who we are, that self-awareness as a woman, where we are, where we stand and where we wanna go. And then I talk about last and finally, um, well, it's not last, it's almost close to the last chapter, self-renewal. How do we do that? How do we renew ourselves in this stage of our life? That's a really what, big point. Yeah, how do, what do we do? You know, how do we go about doing that? Do you have you a Go ahead. I'm sorry. I apologize. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I said, do you have a hint? Do I have a hint how to renew yourself? Yeah, no. it's in the book. You got to read it. <laughs> okay. It's the long answer. <laughs> Where would someone get your book? Well, the book that the one that I sent you, the title was changed. The book is on Amazon and it's actually called Embracing Self-Love 
over 50. I changed the title because I wanted to put embrace in there. I wanted to make it action oriented. I wanted to be a call for action rather than just loving yourself over 50. So I changed the title. It is on Amazon. It's under Carol Holmes. And I I hope, you know, you get the chance to read it. It's really good. Um, talks about self-respect, reflection, how to do self-reflection. And that was a big part of me going on um, the little self-cruise that I went on. And I didn't do it on purpose, the self-reflection thing. It just kind of happened. One morning I was like, I don't feel like getting up. I don't feel like going, sitting on the balcony. I don't feel like going to get a pina colada. I just want to lay here in bed. And that's what I did. And when I did that, I found myself just thinking. Wow. You know, like and, and meditation. Yeah. Yeah. My mind needed to, um, your mind needs to relax just as well as your body does. So it, it's a wholeness. It's a, it's a whole, um, whole body. I'd like to say a whole body experience when it comes to embracing self-love. You just can't do one part and not, and neglect the rest of you. So it's whole, your whole body, your, 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 your mind, your soul, your physical being. And that's what I, you know, hope to encounter and help, hope to talk about in the book. So I hope folks like it. I, I think it's um, it's simple. It's very straightforward. And it definitely has my voice too <laughs> when I talk about things. So yeah. I'm hoping, you know, folks will like it. I hope females and women in our 50s, I hope they'll enjoy it. So what kind of challenges have you faced since you've turned 50? Oh boy. Ooh. That's a loaded question. <laughs> I guess you have a big answer for that, huh? <laughs> wow. There's been many challenges. Um, one is relationship-wise. Um, the other is family. Um, I am actually the only living sibling out of five children. That is sad. It is. It's very sad. Um I, I'm the only one left in the bloodline um, in this particular, you know, generation. And it's sad because my mom, my mom died in 1998. We were very, very close. I'm the only girl. I had five brothers, all of them, I'm, and I'm the baby. So all of them before me have passed on. So I'm the only one. So that was kind of hard to deal with because I'm so family um oriented. I, I love family. I love friends, but also like being alone, you know, having that alone time. So that was challenging. Um, Do you have, I have nephews? Huh? I have lots of nephews. I have lots of nieces. <laughs> my mom was the only child, so I don't have any aunts or uncles. I have plenty of aunts or uncles on my dad's side, though. Um, so I, they, you know, they call me auntie. And then I have Friends, and what I've realized in my 50s as well is that you can have friends that are as close to you or closer than family members can be. So that has been a positive challenge for me. I have so many wonderful friends that I actually didn't obtain until my 50s. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And um, did you make friends after the age of 50? What did you do? Well, 
it came about because my husband and I, we moved, we're from Maryland originally, and we moved to Pennsylvania. I actually grew up in Baltimore City. And I say that and people are like, yikes. And I'm like, yeah, but when I grew up, it was nothing like it is now. So um, we moved to Pennsylvania because I had two girls. I have two girls. And the youngest one at that time was just entering high school. So we wanted a better life for them. Um, at the time, my husband wasn't my husband. He was actually my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So um, we, we made the move. I didn't know what to expect. And the neighborhood we moved in was newly developed. It had maybe 15 houses in it at the time. And I will never forget the day we moved in and we got this knock on the door and I'm looking at Kennedy and he's looking at me like, who's this? I'm like, I don't know. So he opens the door and there's like 20 people standing. <laughs> they will welcome you to the neighborhood? Yes, yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And um, that was just one instance. And then my um, husband, he, he, he had cancer. We found out he had cancer and he um, wound up in Temple. He had to go to Temple for an operation and it was supposed to be an outpatient thing. Well, he wound up being there 17 days. Um, his body did not react well to the operation. He wound up staying there. When he came home, my neighbors, they had laundry detergent. They had food that they all cooked. I did not have to cook for two weeks. How lovely. They ate groceries. They took care of my children and they were grown. My kids were grown at the time, but they made sure they ate. They made sure Zaire needed or had everything she needed to get on the bus, go back and forth to school. It was the most amazing relation. I mean, and we still have this relationship with many of them. Some of them have moved out, but we still keep in touch out of the development. But these are these are these aren't friends. These are family to us, That's and me. it shows how kindness does still exist in such a rough world that we currently live in. So that's yeah. really lovely that you're in such a wonderful place, and you met such great people. So we can make friends after fifty. You know, a lot oh, of yeah. women, oh, yeah. their friends, their lives around revolve around their kids. And then their kids grow up and, you know, all the activities they used to have no longer exist and they're like floundering. But you yeah. can make friends after 50. And I think it's important that you do, especially since, you know, people do move on or pass on and they're not always present in your life. So you need to keep new friends coming in all the time. Yeah, I agree. Well, it sounds like you've had a wonderful life. Hasn't all been roses and peaches and cream, but you know, I've made the best of it. Um, I come from a family of substance abuse and alcoholism. Um, it it wasn't easy. Um, I was the caretaker at a young age. My brothers, I was sending care packages to prison and jail and oh. helping take care of them at young ages. And look at me, I lived them. Wow. So I still have that nurturing spirit. I still enjoy helping others, but now it's um, it's about me. Um, and my husband is aware of that because it's about him as well. He had a rough childhood and, you know, I told him he needs to write a book based on his childhood because his was, it brought me to tears when I learned about his childhood. And, um, but he was 
man enough to know he realized he needed therapy from his childhood. And he, he sought that. He sought that. And um, we both did therapy, you know, to to make us not just better people, but to make us a better couple. That's terrific. Good for you. Good for yeah. him. Well, yeah, good, good for him. So, no, our lives haven't been peaches and cream. <laughs> not at all. Anybody says peaches and cream, but you're looking at your life in such a positive way, despite yeah. the things that have happened in your past. Right not because of the things that happened in your past. So right. there's, there's you and your husband both taking responsibility and making your lives better and being better people. Yep, yep, yep. And, and I look forward to, you know, the chapter we're in. I told him when I turn 60, I'm gonna have this big old gigantic party. He's like, okay, let's let's just do it. He's my- You turned 60 yet? No, he's 63, but he looks like he's 45. Oh, good for you. I'm 57. And um he's he's like, okay, let's do it. He's he's my exact opposite. We balance each other because I'm the energetic hyper baby. Let's do this. And he's the okay, you know, he's a man of few words. He goes along. He, yeah, and he but when he doesn't like something, woo, you don't get any more stubborn than he does, you know. So <laughs> Uh, he will put his foot down. He say, I don't say much. But when he does, everybody listens. My daughter's like, uh-oh, dad, dad saying something. What we need, what? What you say, dad? <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> you know, so right now I'm happy. I mean, I have, I'm in a good place. Um, we're looking at retirement soon. Um, so we're, we're planning, you know, what, what, how we want to go about doing this. As I said, I'm a government employee. Uh, we do have a side business. Um, so we're looking at, you know, how how that's going to fit into the realm of things. What we hope to do is actually stay in the States for six months and then like go to uh, an island for six months or something like that. So that's what we're trying to do. That's the that's the target. Um, so So hopefully at some point, we will get there, but right now, you know, it is what it is. We take each day as it comes and, you know, try to, at some point in our day, try to smile or make someone else's day better. Oh, oh that sounds terrific. Sounds like a good plan. So what are the three superpowers that you've developed since you've turned 50? The three superpowers. Um, one is probably kind, kindness. And I've always been a kind, compassionate person, but more so now. Mm -hmm. I look at life much differently than I did when I was in my twenties and thirties. I was racing and running the street. I mean, I was having a ball. Um, I didn't have my second child until I was 35. So that was a shock. Um, I thought I had the flu. She's the flu is 22 now. But um, <laughs> <laughs> probably um kindness. I'm definitely more kind-hearted. I had a tendency because I was raised around boys, I was raised around so many brothers. Rough around the edges. I, I used to say I was a rebel with no cause. I didn't give a damn, excuse my language. I didn't like you. I told you. 
<laughs> you know, you wronged me, expect it back. <laughs> um, I cut you off like a bad habit just as quick as I could blink. So definitely kindness. Um, the compassion started to become better once I, you know, was in the medical field and saw, you know, the trauma that people could go through and things like that. Also, I worked for, you know, um, uh, I to help take, I used to help take care of veterans. So that was the other thing that had a great impact on my kindness and the compassion that I had because having PTSD, you kind of burn out from some things. So kindness is one. Patience, I'm still a work in progress. It has gotten better. <laughs> it has gotten better. But um, loving thy neighbor, definitely loving, you know, when you don't see love in return and forgiveness. That's a big one for me, forgiveness. I haven't always been forgiving. Because I tell you in a minute, <laughs> yeah, right. Forgive you? I don't think so. Go on about your business. Leave me alone. But for you block your blessings when you don't forgive. Mm -hmm. At least that's how I see it. And to give back, I've realized you get more when you give back. But you got it. Your heart has to be right. You can't give back because you look. You can't give because you're looking to receive mm -hmm. you have to give because that's the right thing to do mm -hmm. so forgiveness kindness and um patience patience yes well those are great superpowers to have so is there any last words you'd like to share with the audience sure I'd like to say for all women, 50 over or younger, doesn't matter, but especially for our women that are 50 and over, you only have one life. You only get one, okay? There are a lot of things that we can get out of in life that we can, that we can change. You can't change death. And you can't change, um, uh, you, you can't change a hardened heart. I've seen this so many times and, and you can, but it's very hard to do. Embrace, embrace the good, embrace the bad, but take care of you. First and foremost, love you. It's very difficult to love others when you can't find the time to love you, you know, and don't, don't settle. Just don't settle for anything. Oh, I'm 50. I guess this is the way it is. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not just the way it is. It's the way you accept it, but you don't have to. So love you, you know, and do whatever you can to make sure that each day you work, wake up, that you're thankful, you're grateful, and that life always, life always has a lesson in, a lesson in it for you, be it positive or negative. If it's um, not a lesson, it's a blessing, and that's <laughs> it. 
That's great. Carol, thank you so much for being on our show. It was fun to have you here. You have great energy and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, Maria. Thank you so much. You have a great day as well. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.